It's really, really good to uh, see you. Tom and I are going to be doing a little bit of a double act uh, today, so um, uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be sharing the words. And uh, it has been an encouraging start to the year, hasn't it? You know, as we began uh, the year and we talked about uh, invitation, uh, I talked about the invitation to follow and to grow and to worship and to give. We've seen a bit of that this morning, haven't we? And to go. Uh, I've, I've loved hearing the feedback from some of you about what you've been stepping out into. It's been really, really encouraging. Insp- encouraging to hear how you've responded. As a church family, we are here for others. I've got to move this into the middle. It's going to drive me mad otherwise the whole way through because uh, we'll just be... We'll be I'll, too much pacing. That's better. Um, as a church family, we are here for others. Uh, as Genesis 12 puts it, when God speaks to Abraham, he calls him and he blesses him, and later on in verse 2, to be a blessing to the whole world. And God is still doing that same thing today. The church family, as William Temple put it, is the only society that exists for the benefit of those people who are not yet its members. That is what we are doing. We gather to worship, but we are there for others. And when we gather here in this building, this church building, it's home for us, isn't it? But it's also a resource base for mission. It's a place of encounter, of learning, of envisaging, uh, of equipping to enable you and me to go out and make disciples who make disciples. Let me remind you of the Great Commission, Matthew 28. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Folks, that is the commission that we have from Jesus. And because of that, this place is also a place of invitation and hospitality. It's a focal point, if you like, for the community that gives us the opportunity to point everyone who comes in through the doors to Jesus Christ. But because of that, we have a responsibility. And it's a responsibility to ensure that this place is not just a lovely historic monument, but is so much more than that. We need to set the whole campus to work for the Kingdom of God. Generations that have gone before us have literally, and I I don't think I'd get away with this, knocked the whole church down and started again. They have extended, uh, they have uh, expanded, um, they have refurbished the church building, and now that baton is with us in this generation. The PCC commissioned the Rock Team. to begin that work and they've been meeting for uh, the last five years. I think we are up to meeting number 54, uh, many of which happened before I got here. Um, 
Uh, could the rock team just wave? You've all got badges on this morning, but I just want you to know that there's Tom up here who I'm doing a double act with. Uh, there's Rosie, uh, Sandy and Rachel. Gary was around this morning as well. Uh, James is here somewhere. Um, there's a whole bunch of us who have been working away at this, and Jeff. Um, the rock team, there's been a huge amount of prayer. There's been research. There's been a number of presentations to the church family over the last few years. And the team have identified three priorities for us. Transforming the interior of this church building, expanding the footprint of the church building, and renewing the landscape. Now, I'm the newbie to this journey, because uh, I've only been around, um, well, less than seven months. But actually, I've been engaging with the team since before I arrived. Um, so I've been on this journey for about eight months. I've heard where they've been. I have pushed them. We've shared ideas. They've talked me through the rationale, as well as me making some suggestions as to how I think things should be. And the team have taken into account the feedback that they've had from you as church family, but also from the planners. There's still a load of work to be done. But I believe that the renewed church building and campus will serve God's mission to the world and enable us to tell the story more effectively of the greatest story that's ever been told. So what we are going to show you this morning is really quite simple. But I think that these plans and the campus for the church, it's welcoming, it's accessible and it's flexible. There's a new entrance which we're going to show you, which I think is really welcoming, it's open, it's inviting. The inside space in the church, I think, has got space for traditional worship and contemporary worship, so we can do those two things really well. Yet at the same time, it's flexible enough for us to be able to host a concert, have 600 primary school kids in from Wasps, as well as host some crazy parties for the whole of Western. Wouldn't you like to do that? That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Let's have a banquet with tables down the middle. In order to do that, the pews have got to be gone. We'll get to that. Sorry, but they're going. Um, so today, it is a pleasure to commend these plans to you, and I am really grateful that the team did not stop meeting in my, while you were waiting for me to arrive. I'm really pleased that you kept on going, because now it means that we can keep on going together as we step in, into this. I believe that it is time for us to move from reimagining to realising. It's time to do it. And I'm inviting you to look at the plans with us, prayerfully, creatively, and with the eyes of faith. So Tom and I are going to begin our great double act and Tom is going to remind us of some of the journey so far. Thank you. And many of the images that we're showing you will be on booklets that you're going to be able to take away this morning. So you don't have to remember everything that you see. We know that there's been a worshipping community here in Western on this hill for over a thousand years. In the window back there you'll see 
a monk. His name is Alphage. He was born in Weston around about 950 AD. And he was baptized here. What sort of building he was baptized in, I do not know. It may have been a little wooden church. We know that the first rector here, uh, which you can see on the board there, it's got the modern name of Jordan. So we had a Jordan as our rector in 1297. And we know all the rectors since then. We know that a medieval building was built, um, this one in fact, in about 1400. So there must have been a building before that, and maybe even two buildings before that. And that little building housed 176 people. And when a young, bright man, even younger than Mark, came to the church... Um, round about 1826, 27, aged only 23, he looked at the parish, he looked at the mission needs, he saw that it was a growing parish, and he said, this church is not big enough for what God is going to do in this place. His name was John Bond. The fountain in the high street was commemorates his 50th year of being rector in the church, and he went on for another six years after that. So he came and he demolished most of that building, everything except the tower, which is still standing. So we have a medieval tower. And he replaced the small church with a building like this, which they used to call a preaching box or a preaching barn. It was a very simple shape, as you can see. It's a shoebox with a small little tower at one end and then not much bigger space here. So the church would have stopped there and this tiny space where I'm standing here, not out there, was what he built in those days to ho and it housed four or five hundred people compared to the 176 people. Took out the pews and put in new pews. Oh, well, obviously he demolished the church that they had to go. Then 60 years later, another quite young man came with his new bride, Edward Hardcastle, and he picked up some plans, rather like Mark has done now, plans that had been talked about for a number of years, but which hadn't made very much progress, and he said, well, I think we've got to get on with this. And even though his wife died six months after they were married, when they got here, he was resolute and he got the church mobilized and he added the two side parts here, which we call transepts, this extended chancel here that we have. And, um, and he also put in this organ. There used to be an organ in the gallery. He put in this organ here, which is in memory of his wife. It's called a Sweetland organ. And then about 10 or 15 years after that, they said, oh, we haven't got a vestry here or anything for the choir. So they added two more rooms, the two red rooms there, over there, which we're now still using, where the, the bigger red room is where the loos are, and the smaller one is where the vestry is. And so they added to that. And then after World War I, the Remembrance Chapel, with all the names of those who died in World War I, was put in there. So we see that over those years... Um, a number of additions from, from knocking something down to adding something on in a process of evolution has, been, has happened. In uh, around about 1990, some modest reordering was done here with the dais here and the big chancel screen removed there. But really, nothing major structural has been done to the building for an, over a hundred years. So that's the... Uh, part of the process that we're now about to start, we hope. And Mark will take up after this part.
Um, so those of you who will have been uh, at All Saints for a long time will have seen this uh, Im- image before. I just want to remind you that this project is part of a much wider scheme to be engaging with the world in mission, to be growing as disciples, and then the third circle, the one at the bottom, is reimagining our buildings. Part of my role here as your new rector is to make sure that our focus is on the top two. That our focus is on mission and discipleship. And that the buildings one is underneath and supports and resources those two. This is not about building some fancy thing so that we can all have our names on a plaque. I'm not interested. What I'm interested in is mission and discipleship. And we need to set these buildings to work in order to support that. And that is what this is all about. The Rock team has been on quite a journey in terms of expanding and exploring that bottom circle, reimagining our buildings. In order to do that, they have looked at all sorts of ways in which we might adjust the buildings here. One of the places they've looked at is the church centre just down the hill here to say, if we tweaked things, moved some walls, moved some office space, could we get all the things that we want to do into that space? And the answer was very clearly, no, we couldn't. So they've looked at, uh, the next thing was to look at, could we get all the things that we want to do into this space? If, for example, you extended the welcome area up this way and that you extended the balcony out, maybe built on the balcony. You know, that's a really great idea, but the problem is you've still got to find space for six loos. And once you've done that, there's not a lot of welcome space left. I know, because I've drawn them into that space. That idea is a nice idea, but it's simply not workable in terms of uh, how things, how things uh, we're going to get everything in. And so we've come to this last... Oh, hang on, there's another one there. Uh, some of you might remember this idea from 2015 to build something all the way down the side here, uh, on this side of the church. Um, the planners really did not like this. Uh, it was too big. It was, I mean, it was really nice, but ultimately was not doable. And so we are on... Uh, where are we? I've got so many notes. There's so many slides here. I've got confused. So this one was too big uh, and the planners didn't like it and uh, the feedback from the church also was that it was too big and too expensive. Um, So I'm going to hand over to Tom and he is going to go through what we're going to do in the interior which is all about setting this whole space to work for the kingdom of God. So as... Mark just said the first um, element of the project is to transform the space that we're all sitting in uh, at the moment. Actually, we're not making really any structural changes uh, to what we are seeing. The most obvious difference would be the removal of the pews, which I'll come to in a moment. Essentially, what we want to do in here is have a much more level floor because one of the driving factors has been the accessibility of the building, both getting to it and moving around it once inside. So there'll be a level floor that will mean a replacement floor that will enable us to put in underfloor heating, which is the way churches which have gone through a similar process are moving now, which means that the church can be warm throughout the week at not very much more expense than simply firing up the boiler on a Sunday. So there'll be underfloor heating. 
the lighting systems will have to be replaced and we'll have to do work on the audiovisual systems and of course I don't think there's been a spot of paint for I don't know how many years it was last painted um, certainly not in the last 30 years um, so it needs a complete redecoration throughout the organ hasn't been touched almost since it was built in 1893 so that needs a good overhaul and renovation the memorial uh, uh, memorials here will all be staying one or two of them may be moved but mostly they'll be staying and we hope that they'll be freshened up and cleaned up and look better set against freshly painted walls the gallery at the back will stay as is so if you're really wedded to pews then the pews up there you can go and sit in the pews and have a first class view um, there'll be a little safety barrier there because these days we have to have we're much more conscious of health and safety so there'll be a little safety barrier there um, we'll get very comfortable good stacking chairs easy to move around much more easy to move around than say the church centre chairs or even these quite nice chairs here uh, the chapel here will be re retained the uh, um, uh, the organ, as I said, will be renovated. You'll see in a moment uh, there's going to be a new doorway there because that is going to be the, come the new main entrance of the church. We'll show you a picture of that uh, later on. The pulpit is going to be removed. It's at the moment only used once a year and we're planning a ramp here that will enable people to access the um, chancel area up here for when we have services and other events up here. Having pews of, uh, chairs, of course, means that we've got an opportunity to um, uh, put seating in a different uh, way, so we could be, all be facing that way one Sunday, or we might have one completely in the round, smaller chairs, larger chairs, for different sized congregations, it gives us that opportunity. And most churches that um, have gone through a reordering process have gone through for chairs, um, and indeed, if you go into any cathedral, you won't see pews in the cathedral, apart from in the choir place, all cathedrals basically have chairs, so giving us the flexibility to um, do various events and clear them completely out for a banquet, for a party, for a celebration of whatever kind. So, um, and then I'll just show you this. Uh, so, what you will, if you're looking that way, um, this is looking from the other way as it were, looking from the, what is now the uh, toilet block as it were, but looking in now, that's what you will see as you look through double glazed doors into the church. So, you'll be coming in this way here. Mark is now going to talk a little bit about our second thing, which is expanding the footprint of the church. So, uh, just to give you, make sure that you've got where we're going to do this, uh, that extra bit, um, which is this bit here, uh, is effectively out there. Does that make kind of sense for those that are, you know, visually challenged? Excellent. Um, so what are we going to do in here? A couple of things. There's going to be a completely level entrance. So you better get all the way across here into the church and into this area here. Completely level. There'll be a gathering space as well. Uh, let me highlight that for you in, in here. So we'll be able to host a large number of folks in here. Uh, there's going to be a meeting room for about 40 people. That's here. And a smaller room here. Uh, there is a little clergy office and six toilets. Uh, six toilets in here. No, that's five plus disabled loo. 
uh, and then there's some catering facilities as well. Not as expansive as the church centre catering facilities, but so that we can host people really well, including doing a small degree of meals for them as well. Um, so I hope that kind of makes sense with what we're doing. Let me show you some artistic impressions of the area. So here is the view from kind of that corner of the churchyard looking in. And one of the things that you will notice is that the angle here is designed to mimic the angle of uh, the top of the church here so that it fits in. Um, slightly closer view. Uh, so that some of this will be glass. We haven't quite worked out how much of it will be glass and how much won't, but we want to make it as welcoming and as transparent as possible. Another view, uh, this time a computer one. And then a side view. So this is looking as if you're standing with your nose pressed up against the glass. And on the left-hand side is the smaller meeting room. In the middle is uh, the entrance, the kind of welcoming area. And some of you might want to know what this kind of little black splodge is on the floor. Uh, That, at the moment, is something that is on the we-would-love-to-do list, but it's entirely dependent on the money. That is a walk-in baptistry that would be covered the rest of the time with um, a sheet of glass, maybe with some living water underneath it. So it's there all the time. And if someone gives us an extra £50,000, then we can make that one happen as well. It's not that I'm really keen on that happening. It's just, well, you get the idea. Uh, Tom, over to you. So that was the second element and the third element is to make improvements to our campus so it's more inviting, safer and uh, speaks more to the people who pass through it. I don't know how many people walk the pathways during the week but a great many locals walk it and also of course we have lots of Cotswold Way walkers coming to it. So I'm going to show you some of the proposals. We have a huge list of things we'd like to do Um, we of course are not going to be able to do all of them and some we may be able to do at the start or will have to be done at the start but others may have to follow on much later but the priorities for us are uh, first of all to do to make some improvements to the car park so the the car park which is there and at the moment we come in here yes and sometimes you scratch your cars and knock the post down. If we can, we'd like to get this piece of land here. It might be helpful if all the lights could be off. Get this piece of uh, land here so that we could drive in that way and uh, create just three or four more spaces, but, um, uh, but it have at least better access, and I think our neighbours would appreciate if we were able to do that. We'd also quite like to... Uh, oh, right... Uh, Uh, oh that's the car park there so we would quite like to uh, have um, something that marks it I think we're showing a pavilion at the moment but we won't be doing that but something that marks the transition as you step into the churchyard space there then uh, as you will have seen from the images just now We'd like to have a paved area outside the new main entrance in front of that new triangular uh, setup. 
so that there's a gathering space there, uh, a, a space that draws people in, makes it clear where the main entrance is. And of course, all these things are on the car park side of the uh, church, which is where most people are coming to church uh, nowadays. Um, we will have to move Dr. Oliver's tomb to do that, um, but I'm sure he won't mind too much. One of the major problems that we have uh, is the connection between the church centre and the church. If the church centre was right there, we probably wouldn't have to do many of these things. But the church centre is down that steep hill, and we're going to try to do something which we hope will not just be a benefit for us, but a benefit for Western, which is to create uh, steps down that steep, slippery hill there, so keeping some of it for buggies, etc., you can buy. But if we could, we'll have to discuss this with the council, but we would like to put some steps there on that um, hill there. And if we can't do that, we'll try and create a new pathway inside which is less steep gradient. And then um, a, this here is a couple of sketches for where I'm probably going to end up. This is the Remembrance Garden. Just Some of you might end up there as well. And at the moment, there's, the, when I get there, there's nowhere decent for my wife to come and mourn me. So as, as she will want to be spending many hours thinking of the many happy days we've had together, we feel that it's got to be marked with some kind of... Uh, a space which is made better and with some kind of seating so that you mark out that area and um, we've calculated I think there's a space there's room for about David Schumann's gone hasn't he but I think we've got 130 more uh, slots left in that particular patch of ground if you want your ashes there so a book early <laughs> so, um, so that's, that, that would be a priority as well Mark Um, what, what, what I said about the plaques and the naming of things, I've just changed my mind. We're going to call that seating area uh, Tom's Bench uh, so that we can all go and sit on him um, uh, at a future date. Um, I hope there's no one who gets uh, travel sickness because I'm about to show you a fly-through. Uh, so if that's you, just close your eyes. Um, and this will be available um, further down the road, maybe on Tuesday night as well, uh, so you can take a slightly longer look as to what it might look like. Uh, a bit of the paving has changed since this and, and that kind of thing, so, so enjoy it, but lightly. That's not going to work. So we'll move on from that one. I'll show you that another time. Tom's going to come and talk to us about the money. Well, of course, I hope you're all saying that all looks fantastic. That seems about the right scale. You've listened, etc. But you're also wondering, and what's it all going to cost? Well, we, two years ago, we said that uh, we did not want to go over three million. There's not a lot of science attached to that number, but we, except we felt that three million uh, was a big stretch then. 
It's about six times our annual income, which is about the going rate for capital projects to church budgets. But, uh, so we've tried this time to keep it to three million pounds. If we did everything that's on the board back there, it would come to more than that. So things like the baptistry, and I forgot to mention there would be some changes. It, uh, we might, we're thinking about a door at the back of the church there and uh, a, a tiny kitchenette and a WC. But they may have to go if the money doesn't come in because we think that it will be about three million pounds at 2018 prices. So obviously beyond that, it will start to creep up again. As I said at the beginning, I don't think there's been significant expenditure on the church building for a hundred years or so. And certainly if this generation, our generation, doesn't do something, it's only a question of sooner or later. We all know that with our houses. None of us are living in rooms and houses that have not been improved and adapted and changed in the last 100 years. And many of us are probably enjoying improvements that we've made to our own homes. So, um, uh, and you will know uh, how expensive that is. So, three million pounds is what we think it's going to cost. When we went to you 18 months ago, uh, for a response basically to fund us to get the project going to, so we could commission architects and quantity surveyors and landscape architects about £600,000 was pledged over a five year period which was a fantastic start considering that there weren't detailed plans and indeed there were still questions on the part of some and there may still be questions but we've had that £600,000 the smallest gift at that time was £20 the smallest pledge gift was £250 over five years and the largest was £100,000 over five years. So we've gone, as we would expect in a congregation like ours, from small to quite large. But £600,000, you can do the maths, is 20%. So to raise a further £2,400,000 is a big ask. And we plan to do that by, um, obviously we'll be coming back to the congregation we will be going outside for grants. We had some grants last time for the church centre project and there are grants out there. Um, and also, we'll almost certainly be wanting to borrow money by way of a mortgage over a longer period, 10, 15, 20 years. Just in the same way most of us have purchased our houses through a mortgage. So that it's not just the generation in 2018, 19, 20, 21, which if you like is playing catch up for the last 50 years and paying for the next 25 years. We hope that the, those who are in the church for the next 25 years will be contributing to the church, to this project, which is a, well, it's probably once in a century project. But um, it is a huge task and uh, sometimes I get daunted by the scale of the task and ask many questions but we know that other churches have done this, we have done this and with God and faith in the Lord this is entirely possible but we do, even at this stage, need to know from you to the extent to which you are on board or not on board and Mark's going to say a word about that and now we're nearly done nearly there um, we really do want to hear from every single one of you. Um, so on your way out today, we've got a couple of things for you. Uh, one is a booklet that outlines most of what Tom and I have said 
today with um, a number of pictures in it as well, so you can go and read and digest it. Uh, there is also a display at the back of church with some larger printed versions of the plans. Um, and then there is a response form. So we've got it in printed version here. It's also on the front page of the church website. It's easier for us if you fill it in online. It's slightly less admin work. Um, but however you fill it in, we'd love to hear your responses to the project. And it's quite a detailed questionnaire, but not too long. And the last bit is that on Tuesday evening at 7.15, we would love you to join us uh, for a, a further presentation when we can dig into this a little bit more. The architect is going to be there, Adrian, a uh, great guy, so it gives you an opportunity to grill him. There is going to be an opportunity for written questions. The reason for written questions is it enables a broader spectrum of people to ask things and we'll try to address as many of those on the night as we can. Um, so please do join us Tuesday evening, 7.15. Is there going to be wine? There's going to be wine. So if you didn't have a reason to come before, come for the wine. Um, Tom, take us through some key dates. Sure? Okay. Um, key dates, uh, the church is open this week, um, then we've got um, meeting, there's going to be an exhibition in the centre as well, closing date for responses is the 19th of March, and then in mid-April the PCC will have a special meeting to make the decision. I hope you found that helpful, I hope you liked some of the pictures, it's been a long journey, and what I'd love you to do is I'd love you to stand with me, and we're going to pray, and then we're going to sing, so if we can have the band back up as well. I hope that you've seen and heard not just some of the, the flat line drawings on a screen, but that you've heard some of the passion, the excitement about this project. And I really do believe that it's time to move from imagining to realising it and seeing this done. So let me pray. Father, we, uh, we are thankful for the rock team who have done so much work to get us to this point. For Patrick preceding me in this place. And Lord, we pray for your Holy Spirit to drench these plans. And Lord, that you would bring them to fruition in this place. Come and stir our hearts for all that you want to do here. In Jesus' name, mighty name. Amen.